What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel, episode number 50, coming to you back where it all began, Midtown Studios in downtown Bakersfield. I'm your host, Matt. With me today, my co-hosts, Daniel and Tonya. What's going on, you guys? What's up, man? He was going to say 50. Episode 50. It is. It's episode 50. <laughs> I remember the first episode in this place, man. We were, man, it was yeah. awesome. The opening of the, the I mean, just everything, the party. Yeah, we had everything the launch party. Yeah. We did. Launch party. Yeah. I feel like Good stuff. I just got cut off again and he just keeps cutting me off. That's well, you know, should I get gotta, it? Gotta I stay on his toes. I'm, oh, there he is. Okay. There Good. Get close enough to smell the mic. And you <laughs> <can find>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, man, I'm excited. I'm excited hey. because uh, today, uh, what we're gonna do for episode 50 is we we've been, we put it out there, we put it on social media for everybody. We wanted to know uh, what you guys wanted to ask us, and so we had some questions, man, that we're gonna that we're gonna try to get through. I know Andy, uh, Andy has some some other questions that we maybe have not seen yet. Um, those are gonna be more lighthearted. Uh, we do have some heavy stuff uh, that, that has been asked. Seven questions overall. Um, they're not all crazy heavy, but I'm really, really stoked to answer these questions. I, I think we should, I think we should start. Do you, yeah. Andy, did yeah. you want to open with a different question before we get into some of these other ones? No, I think we'll start with uh, the more pressing ones. Okay, yeah, we'll start with some of the more pressing ones. Yeah. We'll end on a good note. Not a, this isn't bad. This is, yeah, no. <laughs> these are just no, no. It's just some of them. These are great, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change the wording of how any of it, you know, how any of them were asked. I wanna, I wanna ask them specifically as they were, uh, as they were asked. So, question number one. Let's just get right into it. Not even two minutes into the episode. Let's get it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Go ahead. Oh. Here. No, you do oh, it. Okay. You do it. Okay. Gotcha. I want. I would rather you do it. Okay. Question one: uh, Is it wrong to want evidence that proves events in the Bible actually happened? I like this question. I do too. Mm-hmm. I like the person that asked this question. I know the person that asked this. Uh, always, always super inquisitive. Mm-hmm. This particular person has all of the questions, mm-hmm. and I think that as believers. Uh, we at times feel conditioned not to ask any questions. And I'm so against that. I think, no, 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 no. Ask the questions, ask them because then you can at least be pointed in the direction of an answer or given an answer or whatever. Uh, My simple answer to this, and then we'll we'll open it up and kind of unpack it a little bit. Simple answer. No, Mm -hmm. it's not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not wrong, but what do you guys have to say on the matter? Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. But I think you hit it right on the head, man. It is not, It, I don't think it's wrong at all. It, it, again, it depends on the individual, too. Like, if you're willing to go out and do the work, <laughs> go and do the work. Right. You know I, mean? I mean, there's a lot of historical writings out there. And if you go back and just look at it, it I mean, there's a lot of men, when I mean men, like human, mm-hmm. <laughs> that just want to go out and prove the Bible wrong kind of thing. Right. But there's one thing that's been consistent all the time. Yeah. And... I mean that if you're willing to do the work, do the work, go and look for evidence. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, definitely no, man. I don't think it's wrong at all. I think there's a part of us that you know God is instilled in us where He wants us to pursue Him. Yeah. And pursuing yeah. Him is being a uh, student of His Word too. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, um, as we get into the Bible and we see certain things that kind of spark you know, wonder and spark questions like God wants us to mm-hmm. put our two feet on the ground and, and yes. pursue and seek him out and search and be a, be a student of the word 
of God. There's so much rich knowledge and wisdom. And man, when it's crazy because when in my early 20s, um, I actually had a lot of doubt in my faith. And my doubt didn't push me away. It made me pursue God even more. It made me research. It made me pray yeah. about things. It, it kind of pushed me to know him more. And when I, when he led me to certain places in the word or in my study and it made sense, it was like this moment just where God just was speaking like, see, I, this is who I am. This is what I'm showing you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that because because the question isn't, is it wrong to want the evidence? I think the question is, are you willing to put in the work to discover that the evidence right. actually exists? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Right. Are you willing to do the work? Um, you know, in fact, I would encourage you to do the digging. I think all of us are saying we all would encourage you to do the digging. Um, are you willing to go through the different archives of historians throughout history, both Christian and non-Christian? Because there are a lot of non-Christian historians that actually write of the proof of the existence of Jesus Christ, uh, him living, him dying, and him being uh, raised from the dead. Are you willing to navigate you know, these uh, shark-infested, faith-shaking waters in order to find the truth about the things that you read about in the Bible? Are you willing to learn how to eat the meat, spit out the bone when it comes to uh, discerning the teachings of uh, these truths? And so it's a great question, but the answer, I think, really lies uh, within a person's willingness to exert the effort necessary to, to yeah. get the yeah. proof. Yeah, I, I think also, man, on the flip side, um, when we begin to allow, though, um, wanting evidence, evidence, when we allow it to be a stumbling block, when we start getting critical, yeah. you know, when we don't want to do the work or we we begin to allow the enemy to come and <clears throat> steal the seed of what right. God's mm-hmm. putting in our heart in, in pursuit of him. That's where we've got to be careful, you know, um, not to allow the enemy to come in and, yep. and cause us to doubt and cause us to drift away and be angry or whatever it is. Cause he'll try to put blinders on yeah. our eyes if we allow him to. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, if you, if you consider Thomas, uh, you know, Thomas was somebody who doubted, um, and again, I think that you need to draw a line between doubt and proof, mm-hmm. you know, so if your right. proof starts to go into just a doubt, then, then you're, you're, you're not, you're not, um, unsalvageable at that point because Thomas, you know, Jesus was like, whatever it takes for you yeah. to believe, you said you had to put your hands in my scars, give me your hand, let's go. Cause I want you, this is how badly yeah. I want you to believe. Right. And what Jesus told him there was. You know, you, you've believed because you've seen, but blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So I think, you know, there are moments where God doesn't want you to be robbed of a blessing of just having faith, mm-hmm. of just believing. But that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, ask a question or want uh, want an answer uh, or want some proof about certain things. Um, the crazy is, you may not know this, but this is the craziest thing. Because I think some people also that are maybe even new to faith, maybe you've been in church your whole life, but you never heard this. I'm going I'm to share something with you that maybe will help bring into perspective the Bible as a whole. The Bible was composed over a millennium by several different authors inspired by God in diverse historical settings in different languages, yet it somehow tells a remarkably unified story. Mm -hmm. And I think that is some of the greatest evidence of the reality of the Bible. Yeah, that's a good question. One of one of my uh, the scriptures that I that came to mind when I was reading this question is Philippians two twelve, 
<clears throat> and I know this, this scripture is talking about salvation, but Paul says this, he says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, yeah. continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. trembling. And when I think about that, I think about my faith. I think about, you know, my journey. And whenever <clears throat> I come to a place where I'm, I'm seeking evidence or I'm wanting evidence about the Bible or about, man, did God really do this? Or, um, I do it with fear and trembling. I do it with like, okay, Lord, I'm going to dive into this, but man, I'm going to reverence you. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to respect. I'm going to, I'm going to do this with fear and trembling because ultimately like you are sovereign. You, you know, all things you are, you are God. And I'm just a, just this mere human, just seeking out with fear and trembling the God that I serve. And so yeah. um, study yourself approved and, and seek out, you know, your faith with fear and trembling. Yeah, that's good. Tony, you got anything else to add? I just think you got to be really vigilant Yeah, when you go out and, and you're looking for evidence because you're right. I mean, we, yeah. we're, we're all flawed. We've, right. Um, and so there's a lot of times where the enemy will really, yeah, set up blinders or, or, or use it for his gain instead of yeah. what we're really looking out for here. Yeah, and I will say this too, just to end, uh, put, a, put a pin in this question. If you're looking for God, like honestly seeking after him, it won't be long before you find him. Right. right. Yeah. It won't be long. Yeah, I'm going to put another pin in this question. Two pins? <laughs> two pins. Okay. Tony might do three. I, I, I'm good yeah. with the two. Good with but the two. I think also, and, and this is kind of obvious, it's it's um, kind of basic, but we don't do this sometimes. But I think every time you read the Bible and you search and you study, it's so important to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and wisdom. Because there's times where I'm, I'm reading stuff and I'm searching for evidence and God's a, God's a mysterious God. Like we don't, we can't know everything about mm-hmm. him. He's so he's, he's, we can't comprehend. Well, our minds are finite. Right. He's, finite. he's infinite. He's right. eternal. So there's only a little bit that we can even, so it has to be a supernatural, yeah. you know, thing that happens when we're seeking out certain things. And if he wants us to know, then he'll deposit that through his spirit, through his, his infinite wisdom. Yeah. If he doesn't, then we won't. And we have to be okay with saying, okay, you know what? I, I don't quite get this because I, I'm finite, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not, it's like telling a little kid, you know, trying to explain something to a little kid, they're not going to get it. And so sometimes things come with maturity. And that's what I found like in my early twenties, trying to figure stuff out. And I never really did. And now, you know, 15, 20 years later, I'm like, Oh, it makes sense now, you know, because I just needed to mature because God was like, you can know that in, in a few years. Cause yeah. right now is not the time. I think we have to be okay with that. That's good. Yeah. Right on. All right, question two. Uh, how do you know what is meant literally or metaphorically when reading the Bible? Studying it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's not um, it's not enough to like to read the Bible just to check it off the list. You know, um, a lot of us do that. We love the and I love you version. Uh, we want that little we want that little streak. You've read the Bible this many days in a row, this many weeks in a row. We want the streak, keep the streak alive. But we have to get beyond that. We have to become stewards um, uh, of the Bible and students who understand how to correctly handle um, the word of truth of our own volition and not because something is prompting us to, not just waiting for some pastor to explain it, but you just quoted... um, uh, Second Timothy two fifteen. You know we, we need to be able to dive into the word ourselves, invite God into the process as well. 
rightly divide the word of truth. I can tell you right off the top um, that there are some books that are more allegory uh, driven, more metaphoric um, books like Isaiah, which does have act, you know literal things in it as well. But the book of Isaiah speaks to the Savior that will be born, speaks to the day of the Lord, which is the coming of Christ uh, the second time. There's the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, dependent upon your uh, Song of Songs, dependent upon your translation. Uh, the book of Revelation. There, there are so there are specific books that do have you know allegory and and uh, metaphors and you know again they were they were they were written uh, with with the intention of uh, explaining this eternal God. Daniel. Yes. <laughs> Somebody. You know what I I agree, man. Study it, of course. Um, I think also when we're talking about literal things happening and things that are not, not, I think a lot of, I think of a lot of the teachings of Jesus, how he used a lot of parables mm-hmm. to get to the people. He told a lot of stories right. um, that were figurative stories. Um, and so I think of the Bible and the writing and, and the writing of the Bible is so unique, man. There's so many different elements and, and styles that, that were written in the Bible I think if we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, is this real or is this not like, <clears throat> that can even be a stumbling block. For me, what I do, what I've kind of like, there's always a principle behind every story in the Bible. There's always a principle, an underlying principle that God is trying to communicate to us, mm-hmm. whether it's a metaphor, whether it's literal, whatever it is, a poem, there's a story right. that he's trying to communicate. There's a principle that he's trying to communicate to us and so when I study the Bible, I'm, yeah, there's some things I'm like, man, I don't know, like, did that happen? Like, he talked out of a donkey, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why? Um, but God's trying to communicate something or speak something or show who he is through these metaphors and through these stories. And I think if yeah. we just continue to focus on that um, and not let, like, is this real, like, be a stumbling block for us in our, in our study and our faith, I think we'll, we'll be okay. I, that's exactly where I thought the same thing, Daniel. I, I mean, we can read the same story, you know, a hundred times and get a hundred different things from it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it really goes where, without saying, you've just got to submerge yourself into the word, into the truth. Uh, I mean, yeah. if we're looking at things literal, and Jesus says, you know, I'm the bread of life. I'm thinking sourdough. I don't think that's how it works, bro. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, there's more to it than right. that. So, yeah, it, it really takes submersing yourself into the word and just really studying. Um, there's truth. You'll see the truth, and it, it reads to you differently every time. So Yeah, amen. That's good. I think a lot of times, too, God, because even in the book of Revelation, like um, I've been kind of studying it the last few weeks, and and um, <clears throat> some of the metaphors and the allegories and just the stories that are in well, there, um, just like, this is crazy stuff. Like, like how did, you know, of course God, God communicated all this to John, but, um, <clears throat> we have to come to a place where a lot of this stuff tells of the nature of who God is and who Jesus is and using, you know, these different stories, these different words, these different, um, <clears throat> devices in language and literacy and all this stuff. It just 
goes to show how big God is and the nature of God. And even in the Old Testament where there's some of these stories and, and metaphors and there were just crazy stuff that happened, still communicates, you know, the attributes of God mm-hmm. and who he is for us to understand that because we can't. We need it. We need it told in different ways, you know. And so, yeah. Isn't that amazing, bro? Like, yeah. And just by, and not knowing. I mean, well, if, if you told me to write the book, I, I would look at it like I got one type of audience in mind here but this reaches out everybody right well and that's again again this is you're talking about so many different authors and you're talking about a completely different time in history yeah, because right. when we approach the bible we think True. about we think about today Good. um if you were to read the book of revelation and you and you were you were to see where they're talking about these giant locusts mm-hmm. in the book of revelation okay well um imagine being you know somebody who lived in first century um yeah. and seeing uh, an apache helicopter right yeah. You have no idea what that is. You might think that's a giant locust. I don't, I don't know. That's what, that's what it seemed like. Again, this is where you have to take into consideration that, that, that the time, the place, the people, who God was using to speak through. But also, yeah, it's staying power over the years mm-hmm. and, and the principles involved and the truths involved. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, question three. How do you discern the voice of God in your life? Can it change over different seasons? All right. All right. I mean, uh, John ten twenty seven. Jesus speaks uh, and says, uh, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, discernment by definition means to prove, to test, to examine. Um, biblical discernment has to do with um, a close acquaintance with God. Uh, so if you want to know his voice, uh, a lot of the answers have been regarding the Bible uh, today so far, questions about the Bible, questions about the truth, whatever. But but if you do want to, you know, know his voice, I would say read his word. And if you're really feeling crazy, apply it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't just read it, but actually do it. Uh, you know, daily, moment to moment, invite God into your choices and conversations and apply his principles. Because the truth is, if you say that you don't know my voice, but you want to know my voice, but you never involve me yeah. in anything, you never include me in anything. Why would I want to share my voice in that moment with you? Because it's going to fall upon deaf ears. It's, it's not going to be. And again, God wants so badly to be actively involved in our lives. But the Holy Spirit uh, as des- is described as a gentleman. Yeah. It goes back to having a relationship with God. Right. I mean, to really hear his voice. And then you know, I mean, and I think you said it too, Matt, where they do the crazy thing and apply it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put here, um, right when I read this, I put, your depth of your relationship with Jesus is a depth of your discernment. And I think if, like we we're, were talking about, if we're in relationship with him, you know, right. and we're communicating with him, we're praying, that's how, that's how we're going to be able to hear his voice, yeah. discern what he's saying. Um, and so I think the better question is when we're asking, like, is this you, God? And I think the better question, like, well, how how much have I been in relationship with him this week? You know, is, am I just going, am I just hearing off of my feelings or am I hearing the voice of God? And so I think that's, that's critical, man. Critical. Yeah. Well, and it takes repetition. You know, um, I played basketball in school and um, there was a particular shot I was trying to get. I was trying to get like this elbow turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to get that elbow turn, it didn't just happen. I had to practice. Mm-hmm. I had to get shots up. 
and I had to make it had to be the same movement, the same motion. And, and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll pray and we'll feel like we don't hear anything back. We feel like, well, then God is either not real or he's ignoring me or whatever. But prayer, it takes it takes this this discernment takes prayer and discipline and repetition and wise counsel right. uh, and looking for the good in things. A lot of times we pick apart the bad. We want to find the bad and talk about all the bad. God, uh, God's word says that he is good and he does good. So look for the good because if there is good, chances are God is near. Uh, and also, I want to say this because this to me goes in with, with discernment. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to reject perfectionism. If you're going to discern, you have to be willing to reject perfectionism because there have been times where uh, I have been led to say something to somebody and it's not up to me or God for that person to receive whatever's being said and it does not go well. And I'll go back and talk to God like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, I felt like I discerned this. This was correct. And I almost felt then a peace about like, yeah, I want to know that you would do that. Maybe they weren't ready, but there's a seed that you just threw. You just threw a seed there. You just you just threw out a seed, and I wanted to know that you could do that, that you would be faithful to be obedient in that in that space and time. And so, it, it, it you have to reject perfectionism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be, before we jump into the second part of this question, um, I wanted to kind of add this on because I think I think people, some people may have a hard time with this because I know I did because I had the same question like early, like even as a believer. I would like, I even bought a book, like how to discern seven ways to discern God's voice. Yeah. How to hear you know? God's voice. Yeah. I've, I've actually minutes. purchased those books before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, trying, but how, how does God speak to us? It was a tape series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to hear his voice, but sometimes we don't know how he speaks to us. Yeah. And so if we could shed some light on that, how does he speak to us? Okay. If we want to hear it, what should we be listening out for and how does that happen? Well, again, I think, I think that in, in your prayer time now, now I know people who have, who have audibly heard Mm -hmm. the voice of God and it's not many, but I do know a few. Uh, I also believe that God speaks through his word. I believe that God speaks through wise counsel. Mm -hmm. And so there needs to be, you know, hopefully you're attending a church that is a full gospel, you know, um, uh, church that believes in the entirety of the word of God and the pastor is somebody that you can trust that you can seek out counsel with and not just the pastor but I mean there are other people that God may put in your life uh, and in in uh, ensuring that those voices are also objective uh, because the it takes to love like Jesus takes a special kind of objectivity and honesty and uh, and to help somebody in, in this area of discernment is it means sometimes to be willing to, to wound them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a proverb that says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now to me, as I've explained that proverb in the past, I've always said, well, that, that means more than just a friend is willing to go in a foxhole with you. And if you get hurt, they're going to get hurt too. That means more than that. That means also that a true friend, when you need to be wounded, like when, Hey man, this is going to hurt. Yes. A true friend will say it like a true friend will be like, I need to cut you to the quick right now. And I think the thing behind that is uh, where's the heart at behind that? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I think, Daniel, for me, it's it's always that first step. But then the first step for me is uh, does it align with truth? 
And when I mean the truth, the word of God is the truth. Is a line for, that's my starting point. Yeah. And, and then it it because there's times, man, where I've heard where where really trying to listen for God's voice mm-hmm. took me doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the middle of nothing. Yep. In the middle of even in the middle of chaos and loudness and and all the stuff that's going down. Just sitting still, and his voice was louder than ever. And I, I mean, even with all of the stuff going around. Yeah. But it was loud because I knew the truth. Because I, I, I sought the word. I sought the relationship. I went out, yeah. and, and God, I, I, I needed you in this moment, and you showed up. And it was clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The, the question, for me, the question says, how do you discern the voice? When we think of voice, we think of word. And I think we've all said this. Um, God has given us his word. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of people like that I've known in the past that are always um, searching for a word from somebody or from yeah. a pastor or from They're a chasing a word. They're chasing a word. And like God has given us his word. <laughs> and so for me, like I, and God has given us his word and he's given us his Holy Spirit, you know, his, so his, his, his word actually lives in us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is crazy because when you think about that, you have the word living in you. Like you have access to it that's living in you. So why are you chasing it for something that's outside of yeah. you, you know? And so I think for us, like, and I think this comes with maturity too, because I, I used to be like this too, but until I started really like just getting in my prayer closet and, and studying the word and asking the Lord to speak to me through his word, that's when I began to hear his voice, you know? Yeah. So it's crazy how that happens. Yes. There, there's a lot of times where we go about and we search for it from somewhere else and we can quote, we, we yeah. quote a pastor's word beside, before yeah. quoting yeah. the Bible. I know? mean, yeah. yeah, like stop chasing, stop chasing uh, a word yeah. and be content with the word. Yes. Right. I think once That's we're good. content with the word, God, you, yeah. you'll, you'll absolutely be able to have a better understanding yeah. of discerning yeah. God's voice. Yeah. And and even and even in I don't think that God's voice necessarily changes over different seasons. I think that seasons change and God remains the same. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I think. And so uh if you are if you are in, you know, this kind of good relationship um where you are conversing and there again there's discipline, there's prayer, there's repetition, there's conversation, there's wise counsel, all of those things. Uh you're applying God's word, all of the above. Well then when seasons change or as seasons change, you'll still be able to, you know, discern yeah. God's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last thing before. Sorry, I'm going to put a pin in this. If you guys want to unpin it, you can. <laughs> um, I think it's important for us to, to, to know that. Because if we are, which, which finding counsel, like that's all biblical too. Like go find somebody that can mentor you, counsel you. Um <clears throat> And God speaking to you through the different forms. I think he speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to us through, through nature, through people that we come into contact with, um, in our, in our own, you know, consciousness, he's speaking to us and, and our spirits and different forms through music. I think he speaks to us through music. There's times when I'm listening to a song and like God will speak a word through that song. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important for us to know that God will never confuse or contradict his word. Right. And so as we're getting words from, you know, whatever, anything from his word and it contradicts his word, 
I think that's where we got to draw the line, say, okay, uh, I'm going to pray on this because that just didn't sit right. Like, that doesn't go with his word. Why would he want me yeah. to do that? You well, know? red flag. You don't have to pray yeah. on it. If it goes against his word, don't pray on it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that thing. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> that's it is. Back Whatever it is. Step that's the one. thing. That's, that's the red flag, <laughs> you know. Truth? Because yeah. it's really, it's all about how dis, you know, discernment is all about how we follow his lead in be, by being spiritually sensitive in applying biblical truth in our in our situations, whatever the situation, whatever the season. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm going to try to clear it up in post, but it did sound like Texas Chainsaw Massacre outside for a minute. Oh, what was it? Was it a bus? Maybe a lawnmower. <laughs> oh, oh. I felt like we were in the middle of a an airfield. I know. <laughs> yeah, I thought a plane was landing. Yeah. It sounded, because that's how it kind of sounded in here. Anyway. Uh, that was... <laughs> What an interesting way to end that question. <laughs> uh, question four. What are your thoughts on purgatory? I, 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 got, I got some stuff that I could say and that I'd like to say, but because but, I, I, I have some, I, I can speak to it from my perspective and having family that are Catholic and kind of knowing their, their angle on things and, and what they believe in, in, in certain aspects. Um, maybe before we get into it, um, we let's let's maybe define it and then we can talk about it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share the roles um, and then use a scripture to define why I do not believe in purgatory. Um, but there are two reasons um, that people um, and it's not just it's not just Catholicism that 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 you know observes purgatory. Um, but but uh, but the, most people they hear that word and they think um, you know the Catholic uh, faith. Uh, but other religions may also. So uh, they believe purgatory exists. But two reasons, typically. Number one, they believe that it exists as a temporal punishment of sin. In other words, uh, you know, uh, that you weren't punished enough for your sin while you were on earth. So after you die, you go to purgatory and you got to, you got to, you know, you got to get punished a little bit more for that. Uh, the The second reason that people believe that purgatory exists is that they believe that it exists as a cleansing from the attachment to sin. Okay. Now we know that, you know, that the wages of, of sin is death. That's Romans six twenty three. We, we understand that the issue with this belief is that once you are dead, you will be judged. Uh, there is no scriptural evidence in the Bible that proves that purgatory exists. None. Some argue that this is because books within the Bible were removed way back in the day, but I would caution you to use discernment mm -hmm. as you read anything outside of God's word as it could lead you astray. And this is why it's so important to, to involve God and his spirit in your reading, not just your own brain, because you would, tr you would think that you're smarter than God. And trust and believe there will be, if you don't think that now, there will be a time or a season where you think you know better than God does. But it's why it's so important that we need to involve him in this. It's not enough for our own brain to try to unpack because we're talking about an infinite thing. And your brain, no matter how intelligent you may think you are, it's finite. It's temporal. There's no way that you'll be able to embrace the eternal. It's, it's this idea, too, people are thinking right now. That, okay, here we go. i gotta, I got to sit up. This is, this is why, because people, people take this and they think a place like this has to exist because dot, dot, dot. Right. Mostly because, well, people have died. You know, my, my grandparents, uh, you know, have all died. Uh, 
well, they're all dead and, and, and we're still here. So they're waiting. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. See, because we are still involved in time. When somebody dies, they then are removed from time and they step into eternity. That is outside of the constructs of time. That's how God knows the beginning from the end because he is not operating in time. He is in eternity. So, therefore, it would stand to reason that eternity is eternity, period. Whether it's eternity past, eternity present, eternity future, it's still eternity. When we die, guess what? We're, we're not going to, they're not going to wait in like this long line. Like, oh my gosh, when is it going to be my turn? It's not Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Where you take a deli number and you just got to sit and wait for them to call it. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. It is appointed to a man once to die, then the judgment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what this is. But I think we, we have a hard time grasping this. We think there has to be a waiting place. There has to be a holding, a holding platform somewhere. Um, but it's, it's not enough for me, uh, to say that I want to give some scriptural foundation, um, but I do want to share a scripture and then we can, we can get going. Hebrews 9, 27 through 28. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, watch this. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. So first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby, and the baby cares, then later death and judgment. That's, that's, that's how that goes. There's, there's no place that exists as temporal punishment or a cleansing of the attachment of sin because once you've accepted jesus into your life he made the sacrifice for all sin so you don't have to keep paying the price for sin that's not how this works yeah dude you that's a great explanation on all this man because i know this is a huge you know um belief in a lot of different you know religions but i think um what purgatory does it it takes away and limits salvation through Christ alone mm. and what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. And and I think for so many years the enemy has tried to do that where he's tried to take away what God has done for us, you know, yeah. and, and how he's forgiven us of our sins and and the ultimate sacrifice. And I feel like this I believe like this is what this does because if we're saying, "Hey, you got another opportunity to purge yourself and then you can be saved." It's like, wait a minute, then what was the blood of Jesus for? So there's another way, right? you know? And so I think it, it, it you know, limits that on, on what Jesus did on the cross and his blood for us. I love yeah. how you said limits. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. it, that just takes away it all, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and with that, I, I think there's also, you know, I've repented, I've turned away mm-hmm. and I'm forgiven. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's there's no need for a place like that to exist if Jesus died for it already. Um, and, and so, um, I mean, if you've repented of your sins, accepted Jesus into your heart, you believe he is who he says he is, mm-hmm. uh, you've been forgiven. Yeah. And I think the, the, going back to what you said about there's no scriptural evidence in the Bible for this, right. which which is true. Um, and they would try to to um, back this up with an outer source. I think it's like the book of Maccabees that they have in the Catholic Bible for, for the Catholic Church um, supports this, but that is not what's in our Bible. Um, right. And so I think they're going to try and pull some stuff out from from different sources. But in the end, like we know what Jesus did you know, on the cross for us, and we know he's the ultimate Savior. Yeah, yeah I hope that, I hope that answers the question uh, on our thoughts. 
again, the question was our thoughts on purgatory and, and we try to, we try to speak directly from what we can find yeah. uh, in, in the word. So. Okay. Uh, our next question is if God is so good and following Jesus is so amazing, why are Christians such a bunch of, such a bunch of self <laughs> Andy was going to cuss right there. The question cuss. Whoa. Okay, let's try it again. Let's try this again. Take it from the top, from the top. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> if God is so good and following Jesus is so amazing, why are Christians such a bunch of self-righteous hypocrites? Okay. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> uh, so as we take some time to unpack this question, I want to say to the questioner, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking this question. Uh, Cliff Snow's version of this answer is because every qu uh, Christian is a human being. Uh, that's why. That's the, that's, so that's the Cliff Notes uh, version, right, uh, in terms of the answer. But I think we all have probably a lot to kind of drop in on this. Um, I would say even though we believe in Jesus um, and we do our best to live according to his directives and his standards, uh, we still all fall short. Uh, that's why we need him. I don't care if you think that you're a super Christian or Bible man. Uh, I don't. I don't care. Uh, you know. In fact, if that's who you think you are, you're probably the reason this question exists. Um, <laughs> well, I speak in tongues. Yeah, you gossip in English. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, but you go to other places during the week. You probably shouldn't. Like, calm down. I have my babies dedicated. Yeah, but how did you treat your kids on the way to church? Like, this, 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 is, this is a deeper situation than most of us realize, and that's why I'm glad the question was asked. Like, everyone has a default setting, and our default setting is failure. It just is. It's missing the mark. We're really good at sucking. Like we just are, we're great. You don't have to ask me to be good at that. I'm good at it naturally. Romans three twenty three says, "For everyone is sin. We all fall short of God, of God's glorious standard." It's it, again. We think that we have this high standard, which is adorable. You know, my kids think that they could, you know, beat me at everything. That's why I got to beat them because they need to learn. Um, <laughs> I have to, they, yes, I, yes, I beat them. Oh, rephrase, Eli's saying rephrase. That's why I beat them. This is why uh, I don't allow them to win things. There we go. <laughs> yeah, don't spare the rod, don't spoil the child. Um, that's, no, that's a different thing. But um, the, to the questioner here, though, um, <laughs> to the questioner here, though, in all seriousness, don't look to humans alone for God's existence. I implore you, I invite you, in fact, I dare you, I dare you to seek God for yourself. I freaking dare you to do it because hypocrites are everywhere. Like it doesn't, it doesn't excuse hypocrisy at all. That's not okay. Hypocrites suck, but we've all been hypocritical. We've all done that. You do not, the, the, the church is the only place on the planet in the universe that we allow hypocrites to keep us from going there. Mm -hmm. We still go to the grocery store. We still go to the movies. We still go to work. We still go to McDonald's. We still go, we go to all these other places and hypocrites are all there. But the church is the one place where we're like, I'm not going to go there because there's hypocrites there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm going to stick with the cliff notes. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> I got a little impassioned there. Sorry. 
I think there's we're two, flawed. I think there's two things though. Like we're talking about um, flawed people, uh, people that don't miss the people that miss the mark. Yep. Um, and then we're talking about people who deliberately say something and then do something else. So I think there's a difference there because there there's a lot of Christians that yeah, like we struggle and we don't get things right and we miss the mark and you know and we try to like do. But then there's people like who deliberately like. I'm going to go live how I want to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to church on Sunday and say that, hey, I'm, I'm in church here, but yeah. and then I'm going to go do what I want to do or talk how I want to talk or say what I want to say. Um, and so I don't know, I think of the the true definition of hypocrisy and what that is, where you say something, you're like, this is how it is, and then you do something else. Right. You know, and I don't, I don't think that's just like us just being like weak or struck. Like, no, nah, you're just deliberately, like, sinning, you know? You're de- yeah. a deliberate hi- hypocrite. Um, and so when I think that's that's what I think of when I think of hypocrite. Right. Well, and, and the reason why I bring up what I bring up the way that I did mm-hmm. is because when Jesus used the word hypocrite, mm-hmm. who was he speaking about? He wasn't speaking about people that were right. that were going and messing up and doing all this. He was talking about the people that were pretending to be holy. Right, right. Because that's all they were doing. They were pretending to be holy. Mm-hmm. They weren't holy. He was like hypocrites, brood of vipers. He said he called the Pharisees hypocrites so many times, so many times. And he told, he told them things like you guys, you guys, you know, do this, you pay your tithe and myrrh and, and blah, 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 blah. You do all these things, but you ignore the weightier things of the law. A lot of, a lot of places and a lot of areas. And I, uh, that's why I understand the question and I appreciate the question because I too have experienced this. So I understand the person that's asking this because I think we've all experienced, um, if we're being honest, we've all experienced stuff like that happened in the church mm-hmm. where people, you know, put on their Sunday mask and they come to church and they pretend holy. Uh, you know, they go up on a platform and they pretend holy. And then you see them not practicing what they preach yeah. during a week. And that's hypocrisy. Yeah. But again, it don't just don't, don't look to humans alone for God's existence. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good, man. I think that's great advice for anybody that um, allows that to be like a a wall, a, a stumbling block in their yeah. faith, man. Like, don't like don't waste your time looking at people. Don't waste your time analyzing. They they said, like, you can't do that. If you do, you're gonna always gonna be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah, that's another thing we're good at yeah. as people. We're really good at disappointing people. Yeah, we're really we're really good at that. Tony, you have anything to add? We all fall short. There we go. But I know one that doesn't. And it's called the truth. So let's just stick to that. Tony said, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. He started quoting Donnie McClure. We (laughs) fall down, but we get up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's go to this one. Uh, Do you believe the rapture will take place before the tribulation? It's a big one. It's a big question. Yeah, but. Yeah, this is a big question. I, I re- this this is where the phrasing of the question really matters, because it says, "Do you believe?" So, um, yes, <laughs> for me, yeah, for me personally, I'm, I'm because, because that's what it's asking, right? It's yeah. asking if we believe that, and so if we don't, that's okay. That's okay as we talk about it, but but let's define some things first. Uh, rapture. What is the rapture? Uh, the rapture is a word that is not in the Bible itself, uh, but they, they take that as 
um, they've created this word. It's the moment when God's church or God's people are taken up to be with him. The, the word of God speaks about uh, that uh, on when the day comes that two people will be walking up on a hill and one disappear and one will remain. Uh, it's, it's the catching up away of his saints. It's the taking away of the church from this world. You've ever been to youth group? Yeah. You've seen this movie a couple of times, right? Right. So. <laughs> right. You know, people growing up heard the "Left Behind." Is yeah, that what they've heard? What okay. Uh, tribulation uh, is because there's some people that are like, "What's rapture? What's tribulation?" So tribulation that's the that's the future. Uh, it's a seven year period of time when God will finalize His judgment on an unbelieving world, uh, as well as His final discipline. This is a court de- biblical definition of tribulation, as well as His final discipline of Israel. Uh, his people. So you can see these references in uh, in Isaiah two twelve, Deuteronomy four thirty, uh, Matthew twenty four twenty one. You see the day of the Lord, tribulation or trouble, and the great tribulation. Um, so the rapture is something that you want to be a part of. The tribulation is not. <laughs> the long long story short, there, the rapture. Yeah, you want to be a part of that one. Tribulation, you don't want to be a part of that one. Uh, this is asking: Are do we believe? Okay. So I will say this. I don't care if you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, trib-trib. I don't care. Um, having said that, if you're asking us personally, let's all share. I One of the scriptures I go back to is Revelation 3.10. Um, and and I also, with you guys, believe it's it's pre-trib. A rapture doesn't happen before the tribulation. That all all those who believe in Jesus and follow him and serve him will be taken before the seven-year tribulation. Yep. But in Revelation 3.10, Jesus is uh, writing letters to the churches. Um, and so I'm, and there's so much, there's so much background for, for all of this, but I just want to read the scripture. He says, he's talking to the church of Philadelphia. He says, because you've passionately, passionately kept my message of perseverance, yep. I will also keep you from the hour of yes. proving that is coming to test every person on earth, but I will come swiftly. So cling tightly to what you have so that no one may seize your crown of victory. And he's talking to this church where we can be represented as, as this church um, of pursuing him, seeking him, serving him. And so he's saying, he's giving this letter to us saying, I will come quickly before all that happens, before that trip, that time of proving and testing, I will yeah. come and take you swiftly. And so I, I, I really, and then there's another scripture I know that you have to back this up as well. So this is what I believe. I believe it's going to yeah. be before. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Tony, you got something? Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I believe the church will be removed I, I, from the d- earth. Uh, really? I mean, it, I think you said, um, who cares? Like it, not who cares, but more like what, what difference? Yeah, yeah I mean, know? in terms of pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, like I, I don't care what you, what's your choice yeah. or what you, what you feel like you believe. To me, that's a, that's a non-essential right. situation. That is, to that's me. exactly it. It's not, it's not in such. It's my relationship with right, Jesus, right. and I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I am pointing. I will point out that the reason why I believe what I believe as well, uh, that the rapture will happen before the tribulation isn't because, well, that's just what I want. Right. <laughs> that's my preference. Like, no, that's not, that's right. not what, you know, this is. I just, I believe that the church will be removed from the earth in the rapture in order to be spared from the wrath of the tribulation. First Thessalonians 5, 9 says, for God has not destined us for wrath, uh, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this speaks on two planes here because this is also speaking to the wrath that is eternal damnation, that is hell. 
uh, and some people say, why would a good, loving God send people to, to hell? Well, God doesn't send people to hell. Their sin puts them in a place that was designed for people that were, or for, for beings that had already separated themselves from God. The beings that it's, that's what sin is. Sin is us missing the mark. God is the mark. Sin separates us. So because of this separation, we need Jesus. Jesus is the bridge over that separation. If you don't accept Jesus, God doesn't send you to hell. It's the separation from him that causes you to be cast into this same lot as those that have already chosen separation, which is, it says it was prepared. Hell, hell itself was prepared for the devil and his minions. I think it's a good question, but let me finish by saying this to quote Jesus, Matthew 24, concerning the day and the hour, no one knows. No one knows. Not even angels in heaven. This is Jesus talking, nor the son. Jesus is like, I don't get to know. But the Father only knows this. So I appreciate, I do appreciate this question, but let's focus on being one body, one church, promoting one kingdom. Let's get to the place where we as the church are more focused on the truth that we know who is Jesus and what he promoted, which is loving God and loving people like he did instead of the things that people have decided to disagree about that are really semantically undefined uh, and otherwise rhetoric, uh, uh, that, that, that rhetorical that, that, that according to Jesus cannot be defined by man. Mm-hmm. Let's not focus on the things that separate us, yeah, that I are think, especially I, undefinable. Yeah, yeah, I think just be ready. Just be, yeah. you know, if it's during the trip, I mean, just be ready. Now is the time. Today is the day for salvation. Yeah. And just be ready, man. Like pursue God with all that you have, serve him with all that you have. Um, and just be ready. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, and and to say, this doesn't mean that there's not going to be a remnant because the Bible is specific about saying there's a remnant. The remnant is not the entirety of the church though. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the difference. Cause we think, well, is the church going to be raptured before the tribulation? That's, and that's kind of where we would define that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm you don't have to get ready. Be ready so you don't have to get ready. I stay, like that. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready yet. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> All right. All right. Don't know what that was. <laughs> I, we didn't hear it here. So you guys, some, a lot of times you guys make faces and we don't hear what you guys are hearing. Like so we sometimes we think, so for the listeners, sometimes we think we do or said something wrong. Because everybody, everybody behind the cameras and, and on our set is making weird faces. <laughs> and uh, it's because they hear stuff and we don't hear it. We have headphones on and we don't, so we don't hear it. All right. Sometimes we do them. One last question. One last question. Okay. Are you guys dropping merch soon? <laughs> uh, yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. We're actually in the process of getting our... we are we're actually in the process of getting our website up and running so we can start selling our our csg merch um asap so stay connected what What? i want to get csg (laughs) suited up dude yeah man just say just make sure that you're following um on social media make sure that you subscribe so that you can you know uh hear whenever the announcement does come out whenever our website does go live um and I'll say these things real quick. Ninety uh, percent of what comes in will help to support this particular nonprofit podcast and continuing to minister to as many as we can on every platform that we can. Ten um, percent of what we of what comes in uh, on the merch is going to go directly to uh, an outreach ministry uh, or outreach ministry of the Vine Church in Bakersfield, yeah. California. 
That's all I got. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. So yeah, that's uh, so to answer your question, yes, merch will be dropping soon. Keep your eyes peeled. We actually already have some stuff, some irons in the fire. Actually, I do have one last question. Yeah, so ask we're, away. We're fifty episodes in. Yeah, uh, it's been over a, a year. What's been the most rewarding thing about doing this podcast? Has it been a year? It's been a year. What? Oh. That's crazy. It has been a year. Last August, August twenty twenty. Yep. What has been the most rewarding? Can I give you the, Nick, give you the Nicholas Sparks um, answer? You give me whatever answer it's, it's you feel spending led to time with you guys. <laughs> you guys, I mean. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make it so worthwhile. No, I'm done. <laughs> per hands, per hands, per hands. Can I, I'll give you the cliff notes then. Community. That's good. That's now good. What? <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Boom. Or okay. the camera. Bam. Boom. <laughs> I think for yeah. me, man, uh, um, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to unpack God's word. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I'm like the least person to be should be doing this, you know, but God has man. given us so much mercy and grace and he's gifted, you know, us to come and just be able to do this and be a part of this. Um because I don't see it as just a mere like podcast. I see, I see it as we're sharing God's word yeah. with the world. Anybody who would click and listen, and so it's an honor, it's a privilege just to share the the things that He, you know, that He's placed in our hearts and His word and and communicate them. Like it's such a privilege to do that. Like I get to do this. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, this was, you know, an i an idea birthed out of the desire to do something kingdom-minded where we could get different people from different churches, uh, different experiences, different backgrounds to discuss God's word and God, God himself. And um, there's no more rewarding thing than coming together and, and, and being in unity uh, to do this. This is the, the most rewarding thing is that I get to sit at a table with, uh, with some friends and, uh, and laugh and, you know, get serious and dive into God's word and unpack it. And hopefully somebody, um, other than us, uh, somebody uh, is able to take something away from it. Yeah. It's been a good 50 episodes. It's crazy. Looking forward to the next 50. Yeah. All right. Uh, we don't have any recommendations today, but we do have one big shout out. No recommendations today, but the big shout out is to Midtown Studios. Uh, Midtown Studios is not just the home of Chicken Scratch Gospel uh, and our podcast, but uh, man, there's just some amazing people that are at this place you and you y'all need to come and check it out if you're in the bakersfield area come down check out midtown studios get your hair did get your nails did if you need to get a massage they do lat they do lashes and all kinds of other stuff man just come and I, all the things that probably I, I probably need to do it maybe i should get you think it'd be weird if i got my lashes done i don't know are you doing it you're doing no i think i have okay, enough lashes. that's fine but, on, but no come come down and check out midtown studios the staff here yeah. are just absolutely amazing people. They're beautiful people. We love them all, and we're super, super thankful 
from Midtown. So shout out to Midtown shout Studios to Midtown. in downtown Bakersfield. And that, my friends, is all the time that we have for episode 50 of Chicken Scratch Gospel. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so I stop hearing from my son about how good he is. And go love like Jesus. We're out. Yeah.